0: Jenny Green, weekdays from 3 on 2FM. The sound of the nation. Right
1: now it is time for us to check in with Gavin Cooney to catch up on the sports stories, making the news on and off the pitch this weekend. And Gav, let's start with a crazy off-field story from French football. Tell us about this.
0: Goodness me, Jenny. I know every week I come on and just uh, puff out my cheeks and say (laughs) I've never heard a story as mad as this. But this week, I really, really mean it. So this began last week. So the PSG women's footballer Aminata Diallo was arrested by French police as part of an investigation into it, into an attack on her teammate at PSG, uh, Kira Hamri. So Diallo was driving Hamri back, uh, uh, sorry, driving Hamri and another unnamed teammate home from a team meal in Paris on the 4th of November this year when the car was ambushed by two masked men. Right. Hamry was dragged out of the car and had her legs beaten with iron bars, while Diallo, uh, who was driving the car, was apparently restrained but unharmed. So the police launched an investigation into this. Uh, the French outlet L'Equipe uh, claimed that Diallo may have had a role to play in the attack because she was arrested as part of the investigation. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, like the, the narrative kind of spun out of that because Diallo and anne they compete for the same position in the PSG midfield. Diallo stated her innocence. Uh, she has since been released from custody without charge. So she is innocent. Uh, she then released a statement condemning... The artificial dramatization of a relationship with Hamri. The investigation is ongoing, uh, but is focusing elsewhere. And then, just from the world who kind of digested that element of the story another twist of the story emerged. A lot of people will be aware of Eric Abidal. He used to play for France and Barcelona. If, uh, 10 years ago, he came through a liver transplant and famously lifted the European Cup with, uh, uh, with, as part of a victorious Barcelona team. Most recently had been the sporting director at Barcelona before taking his leave of that role last year. Well, it emerged during the investigation that Hamry, the player who had been attacked, uh, her phone was registered in Abidal's name for some reason. Uh, which made him a person of interest in the investigation, and it has since emerged that he was having an affair with her. So uh, his wife has now filed for divorce, and the story goes on. So just
1: it just sort mad. of it, it feels a little kind of it reminds me a bit of the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan situation. Mm. Is that kind of what they're alluding to at the moment, or or not? Yeah.
0: That was initially. That's what. That was everyone's first instinct when it first emerged that a teammate had been arrested um, in in connection with this investigation. Yeah. Uh, and that's I think where uh, Diallo was uh, complaining about the artificial dramatization of her relationship with Hamri, like people trying to graft the old Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding story onto this. When apparently, well, it it it, it is evident that's not that that's not true because she has been released without charge. So she's uh, she's completely innocent. We should say that Eric Abidal is no link to the attack. Either it just happens, you know. It, um, the indiscretion on his behalf has emerged yeah. as part of this sprawling investigation. So, Crazy story, yeah, isn't it's just completely shaken France, French society. Never mind, just uh, French football.
1: And I believe then there are problems on the pitch in uh, French football too. Tell us about this.
0: Just French football has been beset by violence recently. We've talked about it on the show before. And last night's league match between Marseille and Lyon was abandoned after only four minutes. Uh, Marseille's Dimitri Payet was struck in the head by a bottle of water thrown by a Leon supporter. He had he had been confronted by Nice supporters earlier on in the year, so Pyatt's having a, having a rough start of the season over there, so he's hit by this bottle of water, you know, full bottle of water, cap on it, travel a fair distance, so it hit him on the side of the head. He went down like a ton of bricks. He needed medical treatment. He eventually managed to get up off the ground and left the field with an ice pack held to his head. He was also reportedly subject to discriminatory ch- uh, chants and comments from the Leon supporters. So the referee took the team from the field. Um, the the game was suspended for two hours. It did seem that it was going to restart. The Leon players came out, but the Marseille players never did. The referee decided that it wasn't a safe environment for the Marseille players to return to. So that game has been uh, was abandoned and maybe it'll be replayed uh, replay down the line.
1: Well, in other news, that is actually a, a lovely story that we have. Uh, it's our first one today. Um, in, <laughs> in Formula One, Lewis Hamilton drew plaudits for what he did on and off the track this weekend.
0: This F1 title race, you know, it is going to be the best ever series of Drive to Survive. I don't care what Max Verstappen says. <laughs> Whether about it's this true series, or not,
1: it doesn't matter. This is <laughs>
0: this is bloody sensational. Lewis Hamilton <laughs> won the Qatar Grand Prix yesterday. Cuts, he's cut Verstappen's lead at the top of the championship just eight points with two races to go. So it's going to be compulsive viewing at the final two races, which are over the first two weeks of December this year. Uh, but Hamilton also earned a lot of praise away from the track, as we said, because he wore a special rainbow-colored helmet to protest uh, Qatar's record on LGBTQ plus rights. So homosexuality is illegal in the country, and obviously they're trying, the nation is trying to finesse their image through high-level sports. So this is the first ever Qatar Grand Prix. It was a, It's a year to the day, yesterday it was, till the 2022 FIFA World Cup in that country. So, um, Hamilton. uh, Hamilton changed the conversation quite a bit. Uh, The helmet read, "We stand together." On the back, and Hamilton said that we're aware there are issues in these places that we're going to. Of course, Qatar seems to be deemed as one of the worst in this part of the world. Uh, So he does think, as sports when when sports go to these places, they're duty bound to raise awareness for these issues, saying that equal rights is A serious issue,
1: absolutely a lovely thing to see, and fair play to him because I know you know that is that that is a brave thing to do in certain countries, so nice to see that. Now, elsewhere in England, a non league football match was rescued by one of its players. This is a great story,
0: yeah, Brightspark. Uh, this guy, in quite <laughs> hey! a <little> sense. Uh, <laughs> I love mer- it. Mer- uh, big English football clubs Marine were playing Dunstan uh, two non-linked cl- uh, clubs in the FA Trophy in England recently uh, the game had to be suspended because the floodlights cut out uh, the visiting midfielder Phil Turnbull decided that he really didn't want to come back to replay the game later that week because it's a six hour round trip up to the northwest. West uh, so he yeah. asked so he asked one of the home club officials here, mate, where is the fuse box? Uh, the club's electrician was off because he had tested positive with COVID. Uh, so Turnbull got him on the phone and eventually uh, finagled and fiddled around and, and used his tools to uh, get through the fuse box. And whatever he managed to do, he managed to get the lights back on. Uh, there is a great <laughs> fo- photo that went viral on social media. I recommend, listening you look it up, uh, of, of Turnbull hunkered down in the fuse box, trying to sort it. He's in his full kit uh, and also... Just to cap off the perfection of this photo, there's a couple of stray pints left on top of the fuse box, <laughs> presumably belonging to a few of the supporters. So, uh, yeah, a 50 minute delay, but the, the floodlights came back on, the game was back on. And then the fans started singing throughout the second half. Phil Turnbull passes with precision, midfield magician, emergency electrician.
1: Oh, what a man. What a oh, man. Perfect. And finally then in a slight change for us here is something that you have for us to listen to rather than watch. Yes,
0: Spotify are releasing a podcast exploring the final days of Diego Maradona's life. It's going to come out later this month. It's launching on uh, November 23rd which is is that tomorrow? I think that's the, It's definitely this week. It is. It's tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, it's tomorrow. Okay, so two days before the first anniversary so the first anniversary of di- of his death is on Thursday. Uh, so it, we are told it will feature never before heard interviews with those who are closest to Maradona. Now, the, there is one slight problem with this series in that the English language version will be uh, hosted and narrated by Thierry Henry uh, so oh. if we can if we can, oh. if we can move be, if we can move beyond that I do think that this will be worth <laughs> listening to because uh, the final days of Maradona's life are kind of unfortunately kind of uh, drenched in intrigue and suspicion he died mm. from heart failure um shortly after go- undergoing brain surgery but a medical board uh, looked into his personal doctor's properties and and concluded that his personal medical team acted in an inappropriate deficient and reckless manner so I think some of those things would be teased out in the last Days of Maradona, which you'll find on your Spotify from tomorrow, accompanied by Thierry Henry.
1: Lovely. Uh, Gavin Cooley, thank you so much. Thank you, Jenny Green. Here we go. Jenny Green, weekdays from three on to FM. The sound of the nation.